when we were talking to Senator Pauline Hanson earlier in the week, she was talking about programs that might be able to save troubled youth. And one of the programs that she mentioned was Hard Yakka. And I needed to be educated. I didn't know what Operation Hard Yakka was. Well, I've done some homework. It's a positive youth development and training program. And it follows an Australian military-style youth diversion training system. It's designed to help troubled youth. And so I thought I'd talk to Bob Davis, who's in charge there, and find out more about hard yakka. Do we need more hard yakka boot camps around Australia? And are they getting the results that they're after? He's on the phone now. Bob Davis from Hard Yakka. Good morning and welcome to the Triple M Network. Thank you, Luke. Thank you for ringing. Well, it was Senator Hanson that put me on to you, and I've done some homework. Yeah. We've got a massive problem, and it's not just a Queensland problem. But after the stabbing in Brisbane on the weekend of that 70-year-old grandmother, Wileen White, the, the whole nation is now saying enough is enough. So, Bob, tell me about Operation Hard Yakka and... How does it work, and are you, are you, as I said in my introduction, are you getting the results you want? Luke, yes, we are. To answer that second one first, we are getting results. <clears throat> Is it 100% successful? No, but it's very, very high. It's in the high 90s, and, it ha- and we've been going since July 2008. Um, so, you know, hundreds and hundreds of boys have come through and young men have come through the program, um, and we do get them from all around Australia, predominantly Queensland. But, you know, we have had many from around Australia, even from Western Australia and Tasmania and so forth. You know, so it is successful. Um, the reason it's successful is because I have dedicated team members. Um, there's a reason they're, they're working here as a team member. It's because they want to help. They want to help solve the issues that has been going on for a long, long time now. Um, nothing seems to be working um, through the government because they just don't seem to care. You know, it's a disgusting situation we're in. You see it every day, uh, not only on the Fraser Coast or Brisbane or Gold Coast, Townsville, you, you name it. Every town, every city has these issues. Okay. So you've just told me that Hard Yak is a youth program aimed at boys. How do they come to you? How, right. What, what sort of kids are you talking about and how do they come to you? Um, in the past, um, <clears throat> we can run them for girls as well. We just need a little bit more excuse me, a little bit more um, women involvement who are are like-minded, so we can run the female programs. But we have been running boys' male programs since the 2008. Um, How they come to us in the past has either been word of mouth, which is massive, because, you know, they know someone that's their their son or nephew or or cousin has gone through it and they're back and they're doing so well, they want the same for their son. Um, or, ne- or nephew or cousin or whatever, you know. Um, <clears throat> so word of mouth is a massive thing, which has been great in that case. Um, through advertising, when I say advertising, the news, the radios who have um, got onto it and promoted it as well as um, being a positive uh, program for these young ones. Um, and, and also we have our own website, which people can look at, um, have a look at <clears throat> excuse me, some of the success rates, some of the testimonials, have a look at the photos, um, and then, you know, contact us um, through our office and then we talk to them about what expectations that we have set for ourselves to help these families and young boys. Um, and 
the next step is them signing on. Okay, but if if a, a, a troubled youth who's committed a, a series of very serious crimes doesn't want to come to you at Hard Yakka, you can't make them? <laughs> that is a very touchy subject. Well, because if you can't, you can lead a, a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. And if they don't want to go there, and if they're going to fight you tooth and nail every moment that they're there, they're going to be a distraction to other people, aren't they? And, and, and your instructors are probably going to say, look, let's piss this kid off. He's no good. Can a magistrate force somebody to go to Hard Yakka? That's up to the government to decide. The government makes the rules. Um, they can tell a magistrate to do it or not do it. They can lay the laws down. It can be changed where a magistrate can refer them. But can I also say we have had many, many boys and young men who have come on the program who didn't even know they were coming. We get the parents' permission mm. to do what we need to do mm. to be able to save them. We have a duty of care. This program and myself has a duty of care to the nation, to the boys, to the families, to schools, to society in general, to sort these young kids out, to make them into decent human beings and decent people that can go out on the street and help. Now, I have a number of young men that have actually come back over the years to help on the program Mm. because it's worked for them. One in particular didn't want to be here. He's an Aboriginal man. I'm now godfather for his little little girl, Ah. right? He comes back and he works here. And he is a great example of what can be done. His, His family in the past have been horrific, terrible. But he has stepped forward with the support of what our program does. He now calls me uncle, and he's called me that for a while. And I've got a lot of these young men, white and black and all in between, who have done the program, who want to come back and say hello, who want to come back and help. One young fellow who was suspended from all different schools, including an, 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 an extra education centre, you know, who is now running his own business, and he's got a family, and he's doing so well. He's got contracts, you know, in Toowoomba, Sunshine Coast, Miraburra, Harvey Bay, you know. And he's doing so well. He still calls me sir, even though he's, you know, 10 years, 12 years ago. So, you know, it works. We know it works. But we need the government to do something about it. I've been approached many times by school principals to say, you know something, I'd love to be able to spend a kid, but to your program. But they don't have the power to do that. We have pulled boys out of cars. And if they want to get upset about that, let them get upset. Because we have a duty of care. And that is to, if, if a boy doesn't know he's coming, the parents are crying, they're upset, good parents, then they say he's not getting out of the car. We try to talk him out of it. But if we have to take him out of the car and put him on the ground and hold him until the parents leave, then we will do that. Really? We have, a, we have a duty of care. I'm sorry, people will get upset. That's their problem. That's not ours. We have to do what we have to do to save these kids and to save these families and save stopping a, 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 a business getting broken into, windows getting smashed. People getting stabbed, you know, um, cars getting stolen. Now, we can sit back and say, oh, Bob, he's, you know, he needs to go into the ring with Mike Tyson to get his head hit off. But that's their problem. That's not ours. I get on a bit of a high horse when I hear that sort of stuff. We have to get tough, and it's tough love. Now, when a boy comes here and he doesn't know, by the time he leaves, they all give me a hug before they leave. I'm talking with Bob Davis, who's in charge of Hard Yakka, the Hard Yakka Youth Program. Bob with some of these kids, is, is it a bit like breaking a wild Brumby? <laughs> that's, that's not a bad analogy. Look, it is in a way, um, but deep down, 99% of these young people that are causing problems are good kids. Now, we had an incident up here, and I won't say too much because it, it, the, the families may be listening, but three lives were taken from a young fellow that stole a car. 
Now, that yes. young fellow stole a car, and he needs, to, he needs to pay for that. He needs to do it. Mm. 13 years of age. But he didn't get in that car to go, and, to go and kill three people. He didn't do that. That wasn't in his plan. If it was, it's murder. Right? Why did he get away? Why was he allowed to get into a car, stolen car? Because the government has not got strong enough plans and strong enough policies in foster care, in group homes, in, in, in youth hostels, and so forth. When a, someone who's a carer cannot say to a kid, no, you cannot go out, when that kid turns around and says, bugger off, you can't stop me, I'm going. Yes, I guess this is another debate, and that is, does a 13-year-old, we talk about the age of criminal responsibility, does a 13-year-old know that they're breaking the law and, and stealing a car with passengers in it? Do they know that that's the wrong thing to do? Look, I, I believe they do. They, I do too. Know what, kids know what's right and wrong. But as I said, he should be punished for stealing a car but let's look at what caused that. Where did, how, how did he get to that point? Let's look at the early intervention. Let's get to that. You know? And, and many boys on our programs have done that. They've stolen cars. And they, didn't, they knew that was wrong, but they don't understand the consequences. So, hey, what do we do? Do we send them to jail so they, so they learn more bad ways? Do we get them onto a program to say, hey, this is how decent human people live? When we talk about the program, we don't just talk about military stuff. Later in the program, with a bit of respect, a bit of trust, a bit of honesty, you start to instill. I talk about the real meaning to the words love. I talk about the real meaning to the words honesty. I talk about the real meaning to the word respect. Okay? And we instill that into them. And I say to most of them near the end of the program, things like, do you want to have children when you get older? And nearly every young man says yes. And then we say, then I say, well, hold on. How would you like your kids doing to you what you're doing to your family? And it makes them think. Bob, We've got to get them to think. Bob Davis, you served in the Australian military mm-hmm. and you use your military experience to, as you've said, to mentor troubled youth who are enrolled in your program. Uh, the subject of uh, conscription, national service has also come up and it comes up all the time. Do, do, we, do you think that if we had national service, compulsory national service, for every Australian man and woman for two years when they turn 18, would, th- would that help? Have a look at the age groups of the kids causing the problems now. They're 13, 12. Yeah, and, yeah. We've, we've got to get it before that even occurs. Yeah. You know, we have to get it early, the early intervention. It's, our youngest we've had has been eight years of age. Eight? You know, and it's getting, they are getting younger. When I first started this, the average was 15, 16. The average now is around 12 to 14. What, why? What's happened? Ah, well, they, they believe they can get away with everything. I have friends that are police officers and they are frustrated. They, they're telling me they're getting out of the police force because this police minister has no idea what he's doing, you know, and, and the police commissioner. They're just beating around the bush. They're putting in band-aids measures. Some of those measures have been really good. But at the end of the day, when a police officer arrests someone, what is the consequences? I was talking to David Crucifilli, the opposition leader in Queensland. He says that if he's elected, he's going to completely rewrite the Youth Justice Act. There are a lot of things in it that he shouldn't, <laughs> um, because there are a lot of good things in there um, and a lot of things that really matter. But there are things that need to be changed. Well, you and, you and, you and David Crucifilli need to talk. Bob, it's... Well, look, I'm, I'm happy, and I know, um, I know I've been speaking with some um, candidates, um, LNP candidates, and also... Pauline Hanson, and, and they're in support of the program. I know that for a fact. 
Um, and they're trying to get David to come up um, to have a chat with me as well, and he's apparently agreed to that. Just a matter of timing, I think, is a big thing. But, look, there are other programs out there that can do well as well. Like, people, the government's got to look at what's going to work and what has worked in the past. You know, um, we start another program on the 26th of February, and it's only a 12-day program. It works, but I would love to go back to the 28-day programs, but the cost factor for people. We raise money ourselves to help families to keep the, the costing down. Well, you, we you sell, you're self-funded. So yeah. You don't get any help from the government at all? No. The, a- and you're getting results and you don't get any government funding? Are you serious? No, that's right. That's exactly. Look, we have, we have some private stuff, which has been wonderful. The James Dobson Trust has been excellent. The, uh, the Rotary, this um, Harvey Bay City Rotary are, are helping us out with what they can do as well. You know, we, we have small funding, small groups like CWA have given us a couple of hundred dollars here or there. You know, um, we have a, a fishing group up here, Eastern's um, Fishing, you know, who, who, who are raising um, money through um, sausage sizzles for us. You know, um, so we have small groups. I, I run Gelball up here as well, and the profits of that, of that goes towards the program um, to keeping the costing down as best we can. You know, um, but if we had funding, we could do so much more. It's been fascinating to talk to you, Bob Davis. I can't wait to meet you. I'd love to get up there and have a look and see what you're doing firsthand too. We, maybe we could do that one day. Mate, we have a graduation on the 8th of March. You are welcome to come up. It's just getting, yeah. Look, Bob, thank you so much. It's been love. It's been absolutely lovely to meet you. Please keep up the, the hard work and the good work. And I cannot believe for um, a not an organisation that you run and the results you're getting and you don't get any government funding. It just does my head in. Bob Davis, can you and I stay in touch, please? Yes, please. I'd love that. And thank you so much, Luke. I really appreciate um, you contacting us because we've got to get out there and we've got to help these kids and we've got to help the good families. Bob Davis, the man behind Operation Hard Yakka.